Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Ben Horn's been good enough to join us. Daily Telegraph cricket writer to give us his thoughts on the wash-up of the George Bailey press conference. Welcome to you, Ben. Great to have you on. No worries. Thanks for having us, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. You saw this coming anyway. So were your thoughts now that it's been confirmed? I like the team. Um, I like Cameron Green being back in the side. I think that did need to be Australia's priority given he's 24 and basically the rest of the team is now over the age of 30. So I think getting uh, someone who's already proven himself to be uh, a test player and a star of the future, it was, it was important that he was back in the team. And look, I think uh, it was a very difficult decision about who was going to open, made easy in the end by Steve Smith. I, I think Steve Smith's eagerness to do the job, and he made that uh, publicly clear during the Sydney test, I, I think that solved the issues that the selectors had. Um, so, you know, look, it'll be interesting to see Steve Smith as an opening batsman. None of us would have imagined it until a week ago. But, um, you know, to me, the, the clinching factor is he wants to do it. So are you of the belief that Cam Bancroft hasn't simply made enough runs when it comes to his test opportunities that he's had and hasn't quite overwhelmed us with enough runs in shield games to bash the door down? Or are you buying into some of the conspiracy theory that a lot of people like to buy into when it comes to Cam Bancroft not getting a gig? Look, I think um, there's a bit of both in that. Um, I think that... uh, you know, in a situation where, you know, it's a very even race between, say, he, Marcus Harris, Matthew Renshaw, that, you know, because of Cameron Bancroft's history, he probably does have a bit more to overcome in a, in a bit of a dead heat situation like that. But, look, I think some people are forgetting that Cameron Bancroft has actually played 10 test matches, um, including a couple after Sandpaper Gate. So, you know, we're not just talking about his Sheffield Shield record, which over the last two years is very good. There's no disputing that. But we have also seen him perform at test level. So, um, you know, I think it's fair if the selectors look at his record and they're not uh, confident that he's going to take the team to the next level. You know, I can cop that based on, you know, the fact that he has played a decent amount of test matches before. Um, in the end, I think uh, Marcus Harris and Matt Renshaw were both closer to making the team than Cam Bancroft. So, you know, it's an, it is an interesting situation. And, you know, I understand that people are frustrated about what does that mean for the Sheffield Shield. But um, in the end, Cameron Green's an excellent Shield player in his own right. So, um, you know, I, I think he does deserve his place on balance. What's Australia's test batting lineup going to look like in, what, nine, ten months' time when we play our first series after 
we get the West Indies and New Zealand series done? What's it going to be like heading into next summer? Well, that's the big one. That's when India gets here. And look, the selectors mm. will be hoping um, the batting order they've announced today will be that batting order. I mean, I think the whole point of the process they've gone through the last few days and, and weeks uh, anticipating David Warner's retirement uh, is that they want to put a, um, a plan in place for India next year. So obviously there's a bit of water to go under the bridge until then. Um, but there's only four test matches, these two against the West Indies and two away to New Zealand. So um, unless injury intervenes uh, or, you know, there's, there's enough there that there's, there's poor form, I'd expect this would be the side that um, Australia goes with. And, um, you know, um, people are saying it could add some time to Steve Smith's career. Let's hope so, because um, I think, you know, he was in a bit of an interesting place about where he was at with his future. So, um, you know, hopefully this is a plan that maybe can see Australia through the next couple of years. And one thing you didn't answer, George Bailey, was how long Steve Smith's been lobbying for this spot. Um, well, people like you probably helped him get it because he went public with that thought in the end and there seemed to be a fairly big public sentiment that that was a good idea for Smith. Mm. Did you help him get the gig? How long has he been lobbying? <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I, I don't think I helped at all, but I don't know. I mean, Andrew McDonald indicated that Steve Smith had been talking about this privately for some time. So going by what Andrew McDonald said, it wasn't, it wasn't news to them. But it did feel like just the eagerness that Steve Smith displayed publicly did change things because um, I think without knowing that Steve Smith was interested... Most people would have said, oh, why would you move Steve Smith? You know, he deserves to bat where he wants to bat. But him saying, no, I actually want to do this. Um, You know, I I think it will reinvigorate me. It's a challenge. I want to do it. To me, that changed everything. I mean, as soon as he said that, um, it it then becomes, how do you say no to the second best batsman that Australia's ever produced? Um, As soon as he said that, I felt like it almost had to happen. And one last quick one, Ben, nothing to do with what we've been talking about, but just one that's been in my mind for a while. When was the last discussion on bats getting too thick and large? Uh, has there been any reduced the bat size discussions floated around in recent times? Oh, I haven't heard it recently, Dwayne. I mean, it's a fair point when you go in and you um, see the size of them. Uh, I think that balance between bat and ball is a, an ongoing issue for the game. But look, that was a bit of a constant debate for a while, but... Um, haven't heard it for a while. Um, David Warner's bat was uh, was was on the bigger side, so we won't be seeing that anymore, unfortunately. But um, yeah, look, I haven't heard any chat recently, but uh, <laughs> I know when you compare it to those bats from the 1970s, yeah, it's hard to believe the difference. Ben, great to have you on. I really appreciate it. We'll read your stuff in the Daily Telegraph. I'll let you get it to print. Thanks again for your time, and we'll talk soon. Look forward to seeing you in Adelaide. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Mike.